Welcome to the Strength of Your Podcast. Here we go. We're going at it again. We got you out of the top five list. This time, Chris floated the extremely good idea of a top five solos list, but with a different little twist. Top five effects pedal driven solos. Ones that, you know, an effects pedal or processor or just kind of trick to kind of color the solo in a way. There are some players who do this you know, really, really well. There's some players that just kind of keep things uh, simple. Yeah, mine's a little, actually ended up being a little loose. Some of it's just guitar parts. Nice, okay. But yeah, there's some yeah there are a lot there of... There are some solos. <laughs> yeah, and there are a lot of really interesting, uh, like, like, we could talk about intros, too, in this way, because there's a lot of things that players have done that, it, that make things sound very unusual, Mm-hmm. Or just sort of like ear grabbing. So I think I've got a pretty good list. Let's see. There's the obvious ones, of course. And we'll probably get to talking about that as, as we crack into our lists. And Tom Morello's on there. And of course, yes. <laughs> Tom Morello would definitely be one of those guys who, I mean, it's kind of a signature thing. <laughs> he's not actually playing his guitar. He's Well, he's getting a sound on his guitar. But you might actually might not consider him playing it. <laughs> he's just, uh, well, he's unique. It's very unique. He's a bit of a noisemaker. <laughs> I like it, man. Anyways, I'm, we're your hosts. I'm John. That's Chris. Let's get it going. And usually you take the, you just do bat lead off on these top five lists, don't you? So why don't we keep going with that? And, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of just making my list as I go. There's a lot of good <laughs> ones out there. I thought about it. <laughs> okay. Um, What's number five for you? Well, you know, um, I'm just going to go with uh, Peter Frampton. Uh, I'm saving the solo, but the talk box. Uh, Do you feel like we feel? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not my favorite, but it is, it is pretty epic, and it's long, too. Yeah, it's great. And, uh, man, you can really hear the crowd just flipping the fuck out. Yeah, it's great. They're really just like, like it's actually kind of the best part. They're just like, oh shit! Everybody gets His so into it. His talking. Yeah, yeah. That's the first one I, that came to mind. Okay. Like, yeah. uh, it's actually I first for me was Tom Morello, but then I was like, oh yeah, the talk box, and that's a cool use. But that's like the debut of it, so yeah. I just thought I'd go ahead and just throw that out there. Here and there, there's some solos with it, and some other parts. Yeah, some chains. Back and back in the day, has, has it? Yes, on a, on yes, indeed. A couple songs. Yeah, it's actually an effect, uh, a similar kind of effect that some um, older steel guitar players had used. Kind of a different concept, but still, it was able to kind of mimic speech in mm-hmm. in some way. But yeah, one thing you got to remember about the talk box, it's not going. That sound isn't going through his guitar amp. It's going through a microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, it's just a cool device. Yeah. And uh seems like it would be fun to play with. <laughs> um, I had a buddy who had one and used it pretty prominently in his band's live shows. And what he did is he, um, if he saw people in the audience that he didn't like while he was playing a solo with it, he would curse at them. But of course, it didn't sound like anything. Mm. It sounded, you know, vaguely like him cursing at them but i, I kind of like that like i might well, get uh you know if i find a nice girl i might get uh, married with it you know i might uh, <laughs> preacher use it <laughs> okay you can agree marry us but you need to be a great guitarist i'm sure go over with the lady oh yeah <clears throat> okay so uh you might be on my number that's number uh, your number five mm. frampton pretty pretty easy one uh, for me, I'm going with a player we we talked about a whole bunch, uh, but I still think it is just a really cool sound that's all over this particular album, but I'm talking about Joe Satriani. Oh, yeah. Engines of Creation. Oh, okay. Not what I would yeah. pulled up. Specifically the song Clouds Race Across the Sky. Uh-huh. Uh, he's using a... I don't a, know the names of those tunes. He's using a electroharmonics bass microsynthesizer. Yeah. So it's kind of got, a, got an envelope filter with a little octave going up, too, mm. with a kind of square wave fuzz tone. Mm-hmm. It's a fun little device, and I think that song uh, is kind of cool and contemplative. It, contemplative 
It also has a sequel, Stars Are Across the Sky, which is a cool tune. So, uh, yeah, man, definitely. And yeah, Satchis had some had some songs where, naturally, you know, the wah pedal is, is out quite a bit. Oh, yeah, sure. What is, um, what's the pedal in Crushing Day? Crushing Day? I'm not sure. I bet you we could find that out. <clears throat> Let's go to the internets. He's got the, um, like, synth pedal on, on, um, oh, wow, his little forum. Yeah, we're checking forums. Let's see. Okay. He doesn't reveal exactly what was used on Crushing Day. He used one of those Rockmans. You know, the little headphone amp. Oh. So it sounds like somebody's t- kind of taking a stab out of it. At it, it's probably an eventide harmon harmonizer. Okay, yeah, it's weird because it's like double tracked. Like he's playing, well, it's not double tracked. It's well, it is, but it's uh, he's playing like the harmony, like through the song. Yeah, he's playing the harmony of it, and but it's like there's a chorusy. There's a weird sound to that song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, so check this out. This is what Joe, Joe says in an interview. Okay, we had this sound, which was a, a Kramer guitar, through a Barkersberry tube driver, a Vox Juan, a Marshall. But he also ran it through an Eventide H949 Harmonizer for a slight pitch modulation. However, this particular unit was on the fritz. It was acting very finicky. Oh, And its pitch shit. settings would jump around randomly. We really dug the way it sounded. But not only was the eventide not long for this world, our time was up, so there were people outside the studio door wanting to end start the session. 20 minutes later, the eventide died, but we had our take. Cool. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, we had printed the effect. We na- actually forgotten about it, uh-huh. but when we brought those faders up later during the mixdown, it was like found art. That's cool. Uh-huh. So it's another uh, instance of, man, this thing sounds great. Uh, it's probably uh-huh. broken. Yeah, see... Um... Actually, that's going to be just my number four pick. Then. Okay. Because I, I wanted to talk about it, but I actually didn't know what the hell it was. That's a cool uh, little tidbit there from Joe. Yeah. All right. I love those, those little mm-hmm. kind of happy accidents that happen. Yeah, it's, it's like, a unique uh, tone. So. It really is. Okay. So cool. Like you kind of. I guess the I'm just gonna use that as number, number four, crushing day, four. off yeah. of surfing. Because I was like I said, my list is uh, a little uh, loose. I see. <laughs> All right, uh, my number four. You might not be terribly uh, familiar with them, but I have mentioned them on the podcast before. I'm talking about uh, "Coffee and TV" by Blur. Okay. It's a fun little song. It kind of just, it's really chill, laid back, good groove. Uh, and Graham Coxon sings it. He doesn't usually sing as their lead. He's their guitarist. Oh. He doesn't usually uh, do the lead singing, but he does in this particular tune. And when he, they were recording the song, he didn't really know what he was going to play for a solo. Mm-hmm. So as they're running tape, he just, start, he just starts playing random notes, just sustained notes, bending notes. But had the fun idea of just turning on every single one of his effects pedals <laughs> on and off. And you can actually hear them clicking on and off during the solo. And it just turns into this like, complete <laughs> mess. That just like, holy shit, it wound up working. And it sounds great. It's a kind of a contrast to the way the rest of the song sounds. Because it's extremely abrasive. But like, man, it just another happy accident where it's just like, ah, oh, it just it worked out. It's kind of the equivalent of like Gizmo Duck pushing all of his buttons, you know, and seeing what happens. So, yeah, man, that song also has a fun little video mm. of a um, cartoon uh, milk carton. He's got a little face and legs, and he's oh, running around. Okay. He's kind of being terrorized, and uh, at the very end, he dies. And he, as a little milk carton angel, goes flying up to the heavens with his little wings. It's incredibly entertaining, and it kind of goes along with uh, the way the uh, song sounds as well. So, <laughs> there you go, Blur, Coffee and TV, 
push all the buttons, see what happens. I think that kind of it, it typifies what I was thinking when it comes to this list. <laughs> so, all right, man. Once again, with these top five lists, we are humming. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We're on to year number three. Right. Um, so, uh, once again, this is actually not even a solo, but... A sound? <laughs> it is, and it's not even a pedal either. Uh, but uh, on Jordan by Buckethead. Okay. You have to... It, the whole thing is based off of Kill Switch. Oh, yes! Yeah. He's got... Uh, it's cool, because Buckethead's... What, what kind of guitars are they? Are they LTDs or Les Pauls? He plays a variety of stuff. Mostly Les Pauls, but uh, he plays Jacksons. He plays... I, I've seen him play a, okay. a variety of bands. Or uh, brands. Variety <laughs> of guitars. But yeah, it's cool. Kill Switch. It completely kills the sound whenever the button's pushed down. But if you let it go, your signal comes back. So all you're hearing is when he lets it go. So yeah, so he's continuing to play and playing in this like really staccato style, and it's so cool. I think he's mostly doing it just left hand. It's like it's like pull offs. Yeah, just doing pull offs with his left hand. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a kill switch. That's kind mm-hmm. of a cool concept. Yeah. When I played my Fender Jaguar, uh, you know all the switches and stuff on it. The top switch actually went between two different circuits. So if you had the switch down, mm. the three switches at the bottom of the guitar are activated. And they're, what they actually are are pickup selectors. So you could effectively make a kill switch by turning off those pickups and then switching to that circuit. And then the guitar would, no pickups would be on. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's actually what it what he's got. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, he's just got it as, as like a button. Yeah, I love it. It's like a red button just on the side of his guitar. Uh-huh. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, but I think that's basically, yeah, he's just knocking the pickups off. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's useful in ways like, say, you're, you need you need a silent signal for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Either you're not playing or you need to do something on stage. Mm-hmm. Don't want to knock anything, make some noise or anything like that. So, yeah, I remember seeing a video of him on YouTube playing like that. It was super cool. Right on. I used to work with a guy who was obsessed with Buckethead. I love him. And he's man. an interesting interesting character, he's too. He's great, dude. He's great. I was him for Halloween one year. Nice. You had the, the KFC bucket on your head with the I mask? I did. I did, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I kind of almost... wanted to do it again because I couldn't get the raincoat in time. Nice. Yeah. He's like a raincoat he wears. That's like right. A yellow slicker. So I didn't have that, but I had the bucket. And the, I had the white mask. It's a really strange look. <laughs> it almost makes you wonder, like, maybe, was he trying to think of a hook as a guitarist? Like, I'm going to be mean, the guy it's that... A great, it's a great gimmick, man. It's hilarious. It man. really is. Uh, have you ever seen him give an interview? No, I've never seen him in an interview. <laughs> He's only done a few, but, like, he doesn't... They're, they're ridiculous. It's just, like, him, like, he'll be, like, holding, like, a... a chicken like a little squeeze toy like a little uh-huh. almost like a dog toy it's like a chicken you know or kid's oh toy. god and uh he'll just like you know move it around and hit his guitar with it and you know like i've seen some segments where he did for guitar world and he'll just be like you know just raise two fingers and then it'll be like two finger nubbing and then he'll like do some tapping and then let's do the same thing. It'll be three fingers. It's oh, like geez. three finger nubbing. <laughs> wow. But he has like a hilarious backstory, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. You know, I could, that's something I could definitely get behind. <laughs> Way to go, man. Make it your own. Be yourself. <laughs> if you have a cool, unique idea, mm-hmm. go for it. All right. So that was your number three? Mm-hmm. My number three. Let's see. It's Eric Johnson. It's High Landrens. Okay. That really heavy, but also really light and uh, transparent flanger. Mm. Apparently he used a MXR flanger at the time. Oh, okay. I believe now he is using a Toadworks Barracuda on his pedal board. Mm -hmm. That guy is the king of like 
signature models of guitars and pedals and stuff like that. So they just released a new, not just released, a couple of years ago they released a new signature strat for him. It's mm. semi-hollow. Really? Yeah. And hey, if he approves it, if he likes them. Sounds odd. It, is, it looks it looks pretty sharp. Uh-huh. But, you know, he's the dude with the incredibly high standards when it comes to sounds and build quality. Hmm. All that other stuff. Is Mr. It, Non-Alkaline Batteries. It, right. Is it neck through? No, it's a bolt-on. Oh, weird. Very strange. Yeah, yeah, because fenders are always bolt-on. Mm-hmm. Now there's only a couple of models of fenders that were that were not. Yeah. Um, a couple come to mind, but anyway, I like that song. It's I think it has his best work when it comes to his rhythm playing, especially during the verse. Mm. To me, it's just I'm so not, musical. I'm I'm not recalling it. Once you hear it, you'll you'll know. Is it on Avia Music? It is on Avia Music. Okay, album. okay. Sometimes I do forget the song titles. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's got it's got a. I mean, Eric Johns is not an excellent singer. He's a good singer. Oh, he can get the job done. He sings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll get the job done for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's um. Well, I mean, I suppose his guitar playing is a little dated too. I mean, totally. But he's not. He's not known for his singing, but it is a little. Uh, yeah, it is definitely kind of 80s. It really is. Yeah, Desert the production Rose sounds. Is, Desert Rose is some, it, it's some good singing. It's a pretty yeah. good song. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely not known for that. Yeah. He released a live album somewhere around the year 2000. Mm. And holy shit, the guitar tones that are coming out of his amp are amazing. Nice. Like, he just gets an amp just roaring and it just sounds so wonderfully good. So, yeah. That's that's kind of a classic for me, and I think it's the kind of quintessential flanged guitar solo. Because mm-hmm. a lot of fl- I messed with that Boss Purple Blanger pedal, and it's mm-hmm. just like it sounds too thick. It takes over tone, but that's what I think is cool about the MXR that he is. It's so transparent, and you can hear actually notes instead of just swirly whirlies. Mm. I think that's what a lot of got chorus pedals and. Pedals like that. It just sounds way too processed sounding. And it's strange that, that he uses the MXR. I thought he would, you know, use something like, you know, uh, a TC Electronics piece or something like that. Something a little bit more uh, s- uh, sophisticated. But hey, if he likes it and gets a good sound, cool. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's my number three. Number three, High Landrons, Eric Johnson, Avia Musicom. So, Chris, what is your number two? All right. Um, I'm going to do uh, Castles Made of Sand. All right. Um, it's not a pedal, but it's uh, it's an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that solo is reverse. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, man. And it's a really cool tune that um, I love all of uh, Hendrix's kind of like non- commercial hits me like too I, I fucking hate fire i hate that song so yeah yeah it's terrible um but i like i like his deeper cuts and like band of gypsies and kind of stuff me too um i used my favorite stuff by him was uh what was it it was an album they released in the 90s um hmm. they released a bunch of his other oh really stuff i mean it had been i think there may be collections with some weird stuff on them Man, I can't remember the name of it though. Mm. You know, but anyway, uh, Castles Made of Sand. Castles Made of Sand. Great choice, backwards guitar. I was thinking about this today and actually kind of got a little curious. So I was thinking about all the things the Beatles did in the studio that was a little wacky. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of experimentation. And then I thought about the guitar solo from I'm Only Sleeping, which is another backwards guitar. Is that the Beatles? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, I wonder, who, uh, wonder who came up with the uh, running the tape backwards thing. I don't know. I think just from reading the anthology a bunch, uh-huh. uh, they all were goofing with it. Yeah, I think um, "Give It Away" is a backwards guitar solo, right? Maybe. I think so. 
Uh, anyways, uh, somebody took the I audio. Know, I know. Uh, I know. On that record, there's definitely one of John Frusciante. I think it's that song. Mm. I think that that song has the backwards guitar. Nice, but yeah, it's fun because somebody pulled the audio from that guitar that guitar solo and just re reversed it. Just mm -hmm. to hear what it sounds like forwards. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't sound really much like anything. It just <laughs> sounds like I'm playing random notes and bending them and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, oh, we don't really know what to do with this guitar solo. Well, what does it sound like backwards? <laughs> just try stuff. And I think that's I mean, what the that's Beatles probably, are doing. That's probably what Hendrix did. It was just like, yeah. let's try it backwards, man. Yeah. So, yep, definitely a good song off of Revolver. Uh, mm-hmm. They would go, I mean, come on, the, the last track of that album is just the four of them, play, you know, f they each had four tapes that they had, they had made. They all sound pretty cool and pretty weird at the same time. So, gotta mention the Beatles for my number two. That was my pick. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only sleeping. Oh, that is your number two pick? Uh -huh, that is oh. my number two. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, yeah, I, <clears throat> all right. So, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't I, even realize, I thought you just were just talking, oh, segue. no, I thought you were just talking about the reverse tape effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I kind of. So, mine was Jimi Hendrix, yours was the Beatles. I, yep, I kind of called okay. an audible on that one, too, so. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, I'm, like I said, my list is pretty loose. I, I yeah. kind of, I thought about it, I just didn't write anything down. But all right, um, so Tom Morello, yep. Uh, there you I'm going to do Audio Slave, uh, the reason why I bought a whammy pedal by Digitech. You own a whammy pedal. Yep. Um, uh, like it's done. Nice. Great guitar solo, very creative, using the whammy pedal. Uh, they're so much fun. Mm -hmm. If you're a guitarist and you've never played one, just go play one, because they're super fun to mess with. It's you an insane... Get... Yeah, you kind of get you get kind of lost. It'll it'll kind of resurface too, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's so yeah. fun. Because it's got a harmonist on it as well, so you can pick your interval that it harmonizes with you. And then, you no, know, I really probably should use that more as as a writing tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah, know, it I could just, be. That is, it's such a noisemaker thing. It really is because you slam that pedal down when you put it to two octaves. I oh, mean, yeah, that's how that um, Gojira. Uh, song starts. Oh yeah, with, that's right. With the yeah, it's a cool two sound. octaves all the way up. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, he also uses um, killing in the name of uh, yeah. Uh, he is kind of the the pedal dude. Yep. So I Bulls thought on I'd give, I thought I'd give him the number one spot. Cool. He's the the best uh, using your guitar as a turntable dj you know guy, one of my favorite solos of his weirdo yeah noisemaker one of my favorite solos of his from testify where mm -hmm. he actually unplugs his guitar oh, and he? taps the uh, taps the the lead on his oh really on his pickup of his guitar so he's technically playing his guitar but his guitar is not plugged in he's just using a sound that's coming from the, the lead which is pretty sometimes cool sometimes i hate on him because he is such a noisemaker but you know what what that's uh Fucking A, that's innovative. I it mean, really is. Um, Can't get I mad might, at it. I might have thought of something weird like that, but I don't know if, if I had a record deal, I'd be like, oh, that's what I should do. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? Like I said, I'm just kind of hitting on him there for a second. Really, I mean, he's, uh, he's really pretty innovative. Absolutely. So and for this list, I feel like he should be number one. He should be mentioned. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so... My number one is one of my all-time favorite songs in general, uh, but it's Frank Zappa, song Inca Roads, off of the album One Size Fits All. I believe it's off of One Size Fits All. You could, you could fool me. Yeah, I right. Don't know much about it. Just start naming records. Oh, you could tell me. Yeah. Over I know I've a few names of his records. I just never actually listened to one all the way through. Ship too late. Ship arriving too late to save a drowning witch. It's a, it's a really great album cover with a very very simple line drawing. Okay. I'll show it to you, sometime. Anyway, that's not the album we're talking about. Uh, we are talking about Inca Roads. Uh, it's okay. a long tune. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, he's got those. It has a very long guitar solo in it. But what's cool about it is in the solo he plays a Mutron 3 envelope filter. Okay. So he's got the envelope filter going on. Mm-hmm. And then at one point in the solo, I forget the what the effect is called that he turns on. But it's almost like this kind of weird rotating, almost ring modulator type sound. Oh, okay. Like a Leslie effect? It kind of. But like almost asymmetrical sounding. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. But it's a great solo that really just builds over time. And I think the best performance of that song is not done by him. It's done by his son. <laughs> uh, as you know, uh, might know, Dweezil is out oh, the... playing Zappa, plays Zappa. Okay. They do a live version of this. I believe it's on YouTube. Song goes about 20 minutes, I think. Wow. But uh, Dweezil does, plays the solo with those two effects. And he mm-hmm. also has some added effects that he adds later. But the way that it kind of crescendos is so great. And it's just like the platonic of ideal what that song should uh, mm-hmm. sound like. As usual, the lyrics are complete silly. Oh, okay. It's about a UFO landing yeah, in the Andes. sure. Was it loud? You know. Did it have a motor? Or was it something different? It just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Guacamole Queen. It's typical Zappa lyrics. <laughs> so, but hey, not there for the lyrics. Let me hear the guitar. And shut up and play your guitar. <laughs> shut up and play your guitar. Typing. I'd like to do a, uh, while you're doing that, I'd like to do a, also mention to the wah pedal. Shout out to the wah pedal. (laughs) (laughs) It has made so many guitarists uh, better guitarists just by being able to make that waka jawaka sound. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's the Zappa cover. There's, oh, okay. So there's a ship, too late to save a drowning witch. There's the witch hat sinking into the water. It's, it could be one, it could be drawn with like one unbroken line. Uh But anyway, yeah. Visual medium. (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, let's see, another shout-out I wanted to make that came to mind was, uh, not necessarily a shout-out, but one that I might we can have should not. We're allowed to do shout-outs. We're not hip-hop, but I think we can. I think so, too. You ever heard someone say shouts-out? Shouts-out. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely not cool enough for that. No, no, We're definitely not. not. not, not. Uh, I want to mention, uh, off of the Downward Spiral, uh, Trent Reznor was playing, it's the song Ruiner. Mm. Uh, he was recording... And accidentally bumped his effects processor with his guitar rig when he went to go play a guitar solo for Ruiner. And it came out this incredibly bad, cheesy sound. (laughs) And he thought that it was so ridiculous and just, like, this is so cheesy. But he wound up liking it a whole lot. Mm. So if you go back and listen to that tune, that gets, (laughs) I think he he was quoted as saying, like, I was trying to play the guitar solo for Comfortably Numb. And it just came out completely, like... (laughs) Completely just a disaster. But hey, that's kind of what you want want with Nine Inch Nails. Especially that particular album. So, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I guess there is a lot of just weirdo experimentation in this list of... Uh, I mean, effects bottles um, are kind of magical. I mean, they're not in the sense that they can be made and they can be explained. I love actually finding what they do yeah and i kind of feel like I ha- it makes me feel a little dumb I'm like whoa right. okay that's what it does and that you know because i really don't know that much about electronics but uh they're kind of magical you know yeah fun box i just remember getting into pedals as uh, a teenager yeah. and getting like the shitty little zoom or digitech multi-effects uh-huh. processor I have had those, yeah. just so you can tinker around and see what you like yeah it's true like, do I like chorus? Do I like flange? Do I like Ottawa? Do I like this or that? You know, mm-hmm. in a way, and in a way, those were uh, those were pretty cool little little boxes to have. Now you can do that on your phone, which is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, sure. I still actually kind of want to do like a little individual podcast on them of what my understanding on them is. Okay, that would be interesting. I would listen to that. Yeah, yeah, we kind of talked about doing that, but uh, I think it'd be cool to just, uh, you know, I'll research them more than what I know already, but I, I do really like finding out about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of them are dead simple, too, so. Yeah, yeah, it's true. 
Um, some of them, just like I said, they're just mind-boggling though mm-hmm. of how someone figured out to do it. Too. It is. It is really amazing. And a lot of them are, like I said, accidents. You know? Yeah. I'm oh yeah. Sure the wah pedal is an accident. Yeah. The wow. wah pedal was not for the guitar originally. Hmm. Yeah. So. That's fascinating. Well, we'll, we'll save that. Okay. Excellent. All right, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to talk about some albums. I think we're back. Okay. So, um, what have you been listening to lately? Lately? Man, that's a good question, because... Bro Country? Yeah. So, I'm fresh off a vacation, a little trip. Me and the family, we go down to Florida every year, right around this time of year. And I had a great time. So I didn't take any podcasts or any like downloaded music or anything like that for the trip. It's about a six-hour drive. So what I like to do is scan local radio stations. So I had been listening to, I was listening to a lot of pop country, which really... It's just pop music with banjos, singing about small towns and trucks, and this and that. Uh, they are. I don't think banjos is really <laughs> that common in it. I don't know. I, They're I'm in not, there. I'm, okay, I'm not. I'm not as well versed. It's mostly uh, cheesy hip hop beats. Yeah, in fact, uh, what what kind of trend that has been happening with pop country as of late is instead of using drums. They go with snaps. Snap track, yeah. Snap track. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of <laughs> antithetical to country music because it's, so ryth- it's such a rhythmic-based uh, genre that it, it's just pop songs. And the thing is, those songwriters are scientists, man. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they're, well, they're scientists. Uh, I don't know. I, they, they're more... Uh... They more like it's just like the symptom of the record industry. They more just force this shit on you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like how movies just keep making those Marvel movies and stuff. It's like, well, this is what works. Yeah, you know? we this will guarantee you a certain so amount know, of money. Scientists, I think they're just like they're more like data analysis. They're more like <laughs> business guys. They're more like, oh, this is what works. Yep, keep shoveling it at them. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, uh, there's a song that I heard a couple of times on my drive down it was basically like a dance uh, pop number oh yeah but no uh nothing new since you got back um nothing new in the rotation let me think about that man i've been busy okay a lot of times okay it's just kind of load up a podcast or two and and get listening so i listen to a lot of podcasts too Mm -hmm. i've been listening to uh some cool stuff lately like what um so i just I find stuff all the time, but uh, Yvette Young, she's a guitarist in this band called Covet. Okay. Not a little band, but uh, it's kind of like, um, they're not really gent, but uh, she's kind of like uh, solid tapping. But um, I actually didn't realize that she did piano too, so not long ago she put out like a piano EP. Oh, nice. Yeah, she plays violin too. Um, talented. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's kind of like modern classical music. The last few days I've been uh, really listening to that a lot. And uh, there's the uh, new Polyphia, or Periphery record, but um, I like it, but it's not my favorite. Okay. So I've actually been listening to Juggernaut, Alpha, and Omega a lot. All right. You ever do that when someone puts out an album, you're like... Um, um, revisit the rest of the catalog. Yeah, like this one's good. I listen to it. Yeah, I think I heard a couple of tracks from the new Periphery record, mm-hmm. and it's good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it, there's a couple of things on it that just sort of uh, they take me out of it. But, I mean, it is really good, but uh, luckily I've been going back and listening to the other one. All right. Nice. So, what was that girl's name again? Uh, Yvette Young. Okay. Uh-huh. Make a note. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I think it's just piano EP or something. All right. But uh, it's like five or six. Like I said, they're almost like classical, uh, modern classical stuff. It's very pretty. Cool. Well, we're here today to talk about an album. 
And since we had uh, mentioned that little uh, Joe Satriani uh, story from the first part of the podcast, let's talk about Surfing with the Alien. Mm-hmm. This kind of breakout album. Uh, he had done a couple records before, but this one, especially the song Surfing with the Alien, kind of made him like, you know, he's one of the guys on the scene now. Yeah, he's not just Kirk Hammett's guitar teacher anymore. Exactly. <laughs> So this came out in 1987. I think that was retroactively. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I also taught Kirk Hammett. And Larry from Primus. Uh-huh. I do believe he uh, Did was he? a guitar teacher for him. For him. So anyway, just to kind of a basic overview of this record. Uh, recorded uh, in San Francisco on some Kramer Pacers on a Stratocaster. And this album features a lot of drum machines just to kind of keep the budget low. You know, it's crazy, too. You, I just uh, associate with uh, Satch with Ibanez, you know. Yeah. Just Ibanez. It's been one of my favorite companies, you know. It's like, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Pre-Ibanez Satch. Yeah, it is. Forget that. And, of course, Kramer Pacer is, uh, of course, what Eddie Van Halen used mm-hmm. uh, for a good part of his career. So, yeah, definitely a guitar for players of his particular stripe. You know, it's funny here, it says on the Wikipedia, to save money, album consists heavily of drum machines. It's funny because you kind of don't even realize it. Yeah. You kind of forget that. That's there's, another thing, you just forget. There's you know? some tunes where it's a little, it's definitely obvious, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, always With Me, Always With You, definitely. Yeah. About that. that's, a, that's definitely a drum machine. Sure. Um, but yeah, there were some live drums uh, recorded by his longtime drummer, Jeff Campitelli. You know, um, we were talking about uh, Crushing Day and uh, the effect, you know, from the uh, the pedal being on, on, on the fritz. Yeah. And messing up or, or, or just dying later. I wonder what the band was that uh, needed to get into the studio. Like, yeah, it's curious. Like, what was that? Did that record go anywhere? I know. Like, who was it? Was it, you know? But if you guys didn't need to record, maybe uh, <clears throat> maybe that song would be different. Yeah, that is funny. It's like, makes you makes you wonder who it was. It was just some nobodies? Or if it was, like, somebody big? Because, you know, it's at a fairly uh, big studio in San Francisco where they uh, mm-hmm. recorded this. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. The cover kind of has a silver surfer on it. Mm-hmm. With the hand of Galactus on the inside cover, so yeah, the kind of that comic booky uh, look, and a lot of these tunes kind of evoke that in my mind. So, anyways, oh, it's kind of cool because Marvel Comics in the Silver Surfer comics, there's actually a planet that Joe's named after. What? So there's the planet Satriani. Oh, nice. So yeah, there's only a couple of songs too that uh, good songs. That's actually released that reference Silver Surfer, which is the Power Cosmic, oh, and okay. uh, Back to Shallow Ball, which is, I think, Silver Surfer's girlfriend? Mm. I think. Something like that. I'm not very familiar with the uh, whole uh, and Silver Surfer And ironically, he had hair. Yeah, back when he had the long hair going before he went cue ball. Because uh, uh, <laughs> when Not of the Surf came out later, he definitely had the, the skullet going. And it's kind of like, come on, dude, your clock's up on that hair. It's got to come off. Well, I just mean, you know, Silver Surfer, now he's... Oh, yeah, now he's, yeah. He just needs some silver spray paint. He just needs the, the silver, uh... Silver makeup. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I tease because of my love of him. You yes, know? indeed. I make fun of him because he's like 5'2". But, uh, Not a big dude. He is huge. In guitar. Yes, he looms large in, in the whole guitar. I see. I, mean, I can make fun of him because I love him. There's a great quote. This album was, was received in that way, kind of like, you know, always on... Now he's on the scene. The first couple of uh, singles uh, was Satch Boogie, which, mm-hmm. hey, he sings. Uh, no, he didn't sing on He didn't Satch sing Boogie. on Satch Boogie. My <clears> bad. <throat> I was thinking another song. Uh, you are thinking Flying on a Blue Dream. I think of Flying on a Blue Dream or Big Bad Moon. Uh, Satch Boogie... Has been my uh, Moby Dick for the last couple of years, trying to play that motherfucker. <laughs> it's all the tricks, man. Yep. Tapping, pinch harmonics, just 
whammy it's bar. It's got a little bit of everything in there. Just tons of whammy bar. Yeah. All the classic licks, too, man. But they're all swung. You know, like Absolutely. All the, like, band play kind of bluesy mm-hmm. things. But uh, in the swing rhythm. Yeah, so this album was well-received. Criti- uh, critically not... I mean, it's a guitar album. The Village Voice, with their extremely... Um, you can love him or you can hate him mm-hmm. with all his reviews. Uh, quote, uh, this is just him. You got, like I said, love him or hate him. Uh, he said, quote, he was the latest guitar god and felt he was too much of a formalist. Uh, thus he delivers both the prowess cultists demand and the comfort they secretly crave. That's a really backhanded way to compliment a person, but that's probably might be the best you could about, could get from the Village Voice. Well, uh... Let's see who who said this. Where he says, "Captures everything was good about the days, glory days of shred." I yeah, think that's there. So you much, go. That's so much more uh, uh, accurate. That, I would say so. I'm gonna say the Village Voice can fuck off because um, <laughs> nobody knows who the hell Robert. Uh, what's his name? No, is. he's pretty well and, known in um, critic as a critic. Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> from my perspective, nobody <laughs> knows Robert what the hell his Chris name Kyle. is, um, because that's uh, just wrong. So yeah, I think he uses his uh, his year interview. Yeah, critics to... like to be snarky. Whatever. Yeah. You know what? I, I'll tell you this though. It's really true though. That hardly anyone knows critics anymore because it's not in the format anymore. No. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people that, that do, but. Yeah. Not really. You know what I mean? I'm with you, man. Now you don't need that. Because before, when you had to go actually make effort to go listen to it, you know? Yeah. You might want to have someone's opinion, but now it's like, critics. Who cares? Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm, exactly. Everybody's a critic now, and that's kind of good. So, anyways, we talked about uh, some of the gear that he had used. In that little anecdote. Oh man, he made it for thirteen grand. Thirteen grand. So, like I said, oh man, I could come up with thirteen grand. I know. Am so, I gonna? Am, am I gonna do it though? <laughs> so yeah, a uh, couple of Kramers. This is way before the Joe Sather Satriani signature models from Ibanez. So it's kind of cool because uh, it was two AMC AMC Pacers. So that's kind of funny, Kramer. Mm. Pacer. Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, he might have been driving one of those. <laughs> so yeah, it had a yeah right. So it had a full gen- first generation Floyd Rose with no fine tuners. Uh-huh. She kind of really liked, uh, liked it, but he said it was kind of a good thing if you wanted to play out of tune all the time. So kind of guitar that was falling apart a lot. So. He still has a guitar, but never hasn't used it since. Like it's just oh, one of the sure. guitars in his. Yeah. In his, I mean, he yeah. can call Ibanez and say, "Hey, give me more guitars, and I'll do it." Oh yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that, you don't want to mess anything up there. That's that's uh, that's rock history. Exactly. So yeah, he used that kind of. Uh, he had a kind of piece together Frankenstrat that was a hardtail mm. that he actually used for uh, clean guitars. So. He actually says it's on pretty much every single one of his records. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, that's kind of some of his guitars. Uh, but uh, let's see. Of course, he was been a Marshall guy for ever and ever. Like I well, said, he had the um, BVJSX. Yeah, My that's true. Got it. It's great. That's nice. Yeah. Um, didn't he do Mesa for a little while? I don't know. I mean, he's got a signature Marshall now. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I think he might have got on the Mesa thing for a bit. I don't know. Possibly. But anyway, back in these days, he didn't even have the Ibanez, which yeah, is kind of uh, you kind of forget. So, what's your favorite tune on here? So, my favorite tune on this record we talked about. It's Crushing Day. Mm-hmm. So it's a good one. It's kind of mine. But I do really like Circles. Circles? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great one. It Circles is a track that kind of starts off with this kind of quiet chorus 
little rhythm lick and then just kind of launches at a high gear after a little while with a really blistering solo. Mm-hmm. That might be my second favorite. You know what? I'm I'm about the same. I'm about Crushing Day. It's kind of, oh, it's kind of hard to, to pick between them. Uh, I think I'd rather listen to Crushing Day and learn Circles. There you go. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need to learn that little clean riff that he does at the at the, at the beginning. I kind of I like that a I lot. I mean, really, like I say, uh, Sash Buggy has been um, my Moby Dick, but uh, yeah. really the whole album is uh, worth learning. It really is. You know, I should be able to play this whole thing. And of I the mean, many, if you many... can play this thing, you've got some technique. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And the many, many times between the both of us that we've seen Satch. I probably have seen him play all of these tunes. Actually, I've seen him once. Oh, really? No, I've seen him once. Seen him a whole bunch of times. A couple times with G three, a few times solo. <sighs> See, if I'm jealous, man, I've never got to go to it, or I just never made it over there. I don't remember the guy's name, but we went and saw them. Saw it Saturday. Me and my like, my whole family. Mm-hmm. I was probably nineteen or twenty. Oh, on the G three tour? No, it wasn't a G three. It was him solo. Oh. Is at the Orbit Room in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and his opener, I don't remember the guy's name, but he played solo electric guitar, but his mm-hmm. fretboard was glass, hmm. and he played with a slide. Okay. So it was like fretless, fretless slide guitar with a glass oh, fretboard, okay. and it was interesting. Right I think it's one of those things where if you're, it's like opening for Metallica, man, you're in the way. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, we're waiting for this guy to finish up so Satch can come on and play. I guess so. Uh, but this album is 37 minutes and 37 seconds. Not much music. There's a couple of short tunes. It's crazy, though. It's the same. Yeah. It's like one of those weird coincidences. Uh, but yeah, kinda, it's a short one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, long enough to be an album, 35 minutes. So. Well, it packs a lot of punch. It really does. It's very... I can't really... You know, I don't think anyone... It's really... It's kind of the first of its kind. I don't think there was a solo guitar record. At least not of this magnitude. <sighs> Where this, the guitar say. was just the feature? There's, a, there's, I'm yeah. trying to think when Vi's Flexible came out. Is Vi before this? I think so. Okay, because well, think... Vi was Zappa's guitars. Yes, indeed. So. Let's find out. This is oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, 84 was Flexible. Oh, I'll be damned. But yeah, it makes sense. Okay. So, is Vi was just coming off of playing with Zappa, mm-hmm. being a creep. Being a creep. That's the, that's the thing. Oh. Well, um... Oh, yeah, the I attitude think Crossroads song. might be before that, too. When was Crossroads? Look up Crossroads. Let's find out. Crossroads movie. Oh, the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's see. No, that's well, probably 80... That's probably 80... It's 86. Yep. That's when okay. Ma- Ralph Macchio was, the, you know, being a big star. You know, I uh, I watched the first two episodes of that Cobra Kai. Yeah. On YouTube. I've seen ads for it everywhere. It was actually pretty good. Okay. It's cheesy, but it's good. Of it's course. Actually, would, I would watch more. I think there might be more episodes for free now. I know that they're apparently trying to just... Everything will be free eventually. So. Interesting. Yeah, I guess hmm. that's part of their... I guess they're trying to use that as their appeal. That yeah, right. If you don't want to wait on it. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, it's, it's cool. Man, I'm they just don't have enough on there right now for. I think people a lot really of people get to, on board. Yeah, but we'll see, you know, because I think I think Netflix will die. We'll see, man. They I really. Think, I think YouTube will just be. Last man standing in the uh, yeah. content of, you know. Perhaps. Netflix really bet on themselves to spending so much money mm-hmm. to create original yeah, content. Yeah, they've, they've been in the... the uh, Haven't they axed a bunch yeah, of shows, Yeah, they've been in too? the black for a while. They're, yeah. They're, uh, they've been negative for... Yeah, because they axed a couple or of shows. in the red? In the red. Okay, yeah. I get confused. Um, yeah. Hey, man, I'm... Show recommendation for talking about TV and shit on HBO Go right now is the uh, it's they just played part four, but there's a five part mini series called Chernobyl. Oh, okay, that is just so 
amazing. It's mm. gripping. It's just so compelling. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. It's cool because it's you know an event that actually happened in Ukraine. It's a nuclear accident in 1986. But just like that's almost has horror elements. Oh yeah. And the the there's no monster. You know the monster is this you know thing that is threatening to you know pull you know just pollute and irradiate everything mm-hmm. and there's some scenes that are gnarly man mm-hmm. it's crazy so anyways highly recommended in fact after the after the podcast recording i'm probably gonna queue up episode four and okay. watch it so i tell you what you watch watch that movie annihilation annihilation i love that movie. love that movie yeah cool did not see that one um it's the guy that did um, Ex Machina. Okay. It got some weird reviews, but I loved it. It's got Natalie Portman in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Let's just go by a little quick track-by-track track rundown of this, t- of this album. Mm-hmm. So the title track is the album title track, Surfing with the Alien. Which I think he's done on everything. I think he has. I think. Wait, let me think. Uh, da, da, da. I'm pretty sure every album has a track by. Yeah, of the of the the album title. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so too. I, I think know, "Strange Beautiful Music" seems like a weird one, but that's actually the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, "Serving the Alien" kind of cool. Uh, I feel like he doesn't always put the best one. Actually, I feel like he never puts the best one. Yeah. Arguably, Crystal Planet. And the uh, thing is, I could Crystal argue Planet's, about... Planet's probably the. I feel like Crystal Planet's the strongest album song. I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. I'll I don't feel some... like Serving the Aliens the best song. There's some bangers on it's that good, album. It's good, but yeah. I'm with you. Like I said, my favorite's Crushing Day. Not as catchy as a as an album title if you had changed the name. So. I don't know. Ice Nines. I, I, feel like, and I, can... I feel like all of them are stronger except for Hill of the Skull. I kind of forget about that one, but it yeah. is good. I mean, it's good. It's a guitar choir type type thing. So, anyways, yeah, I, 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 like the, is... I like the literary reference to Ice Nine. Uh, let's see. That is one of the... I think it's Kurt Vonnegut. Right? I think that's the Kurt Vonnegut book that I haven't read. I think I've gotten I've all of them except read that one. one. I had a girlfriend that, that read like all of them. But uh, yeah, I only read, I think I read Cat's Cradle. That's Ice Nine. Is it? Yeah, that's the one with Ice Nine in it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, I don't really remember that well. Yeah, hey, you know. I Kurt Vonnegut's, uh, he's cool, but it's not my thing. I like him. I Yeah, I hear you. I probably should read more of it. I like... Um, like, Breakfast of uh, Champions. Well, uh, Slaughterhouse Five. No, no. no. <laughs> I was gonna say you. I, I like. Uh, well, I like some Cordy stuff. I like kind of like detective mystery kind of stuff. Okay, so you like mystery novels. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 more into um like specifically kind of like crime novels. I also like really classic stuff like Dickens and all the classic horror, uh, like Frankenstein. Dracula. Mm-hmm. What a great book. Um, so, but yeah, I did. I think it's cool. I should probably read more of it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Always With Me, Always With You is also all right, full track after Crushing Day. A little bit quieter track with the obvious drum machine going. Oh, it yeah. has some great playing on it. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I could almost... It's almost like my number one album, uh, uh, song on the album is actually like an eight-way tie. Because <laughs> it's solid all the way around. Not, yeah, it's a... There's not that many weak tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, uh, Lords of Karma is where he busts out the sitar sound. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. I was trying to say that earlier. I don't know what I said. Mm. Oh. oh, yeah, it might have slipped your mind. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention about Crushing Day. It reminds mm-hmm. me of something very specific. Crushing Day is the song in this album. Video game music? Yes. <laughs> this is a definitely a song that you would be you would hear. It definitely could go with um, Mega Man or something like that. The Blue like Bomber that. himself. Yeah. Built yeah, for peace but made to fight. Sega. Yeah. Yes. 
trying to take on the evil Dr. Wily. Totally. It's just so evocative for that for me. Just cause, and the thing is, a lot of the soundtracks from those games are great. Mm-hmm. Like, I forget who what the name of the guy who did the music composition for Capcom, but holy cow, some of those tunes are just so good. Oh, yeah. They really rock. And uh, there's been a couple of dudes, especially on the YouTube, where they'll remix those tunes with actual mm-hmm. instruments, and they sound super badass. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to mention that. Uh, another tune that's sort of that's very similar to Always With Me, Always With You is Echo, the last track. There's know, a little this bit... one doesn't get as much shine, but it's great. Yeah, it's just kind of a different change of pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit like kind of bass riff, a little bit more groovy yeah. than the other tracks that like are it. way straightforward. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if any of them are straight. Well, some of them. Midnight, certainly not. No, no. But... Definitely a track I dig. So, anyway, like I said, 10 tracks, 37 minutes. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Electric sitar. So that's not an effect. Oh, that is an electric sitar. Very cool. Ah, uh, so he actually plays an electric sitar. I thought that that was just an effect. Because somebody's made of an effect. Like, it just looks like a guitar. Yeah, it does. It has With little, little weird rest. pickups everywhere. Well, it's cool because it, it, what actually it has is a metal bridge that doesn't have any saddles. Mm. And what's neat is the, the it that's what makes the strings vibrate that way to sound uh, like a sitar. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, so, yeah, it's like a flat bridge that just kind of... Dan melts. Electro, huh? Yep, man, Dan Electro. Uh, so, with the sitar kind of coming into vogue in the 1960s, that particular sound... Sitar is not exactly an easy instrument to play. So why not have a guitar that is way easier well, to play? Well, that also sort of doesn't make sense in the uh, 12-tone Western exactly. S- system. Exactly. They, they so, use lots of like half-tones and, yeah. All those notes in between, so. Well, mostly, and they got the drone strings on them, too. Like, so there's, there's mostly like a, I don't, because I don't think those strings make a pitch. I could be wrong. Oh, wow. Is that uh, the uses of it? That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Basically, everybody's tried it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of the Guns biggest... roses, huh? Kind of the biggest ones that I can think of right off the top of my head is Metallica. Wherever I might roam, that intro. That's an effect. That's an effect? I'm pretty sure. Fascinating. Hold on. Go back. Go to... Yeah, see. Oh, they're not in any kind of order. No, they're not. Wait, is that... No, that's not alphabetical. I'm pretty sure, because I know, um, I have the book for it, and uh, I've learned all those tunes, or at least parts of them, okay. attempts, attempts at, le- at learning that, that whole album. I'm pretty sure it's an effect. And of course, on the, was featured in the end, that Tom Petty song, Don't Come Around Here No More, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, everybody's tried it, man. For the love of God. Oh, yeah, that's true. So. I just, I just think of uh, Steve Vai is just hammering that twenty fourth fret on the A string like that's what I think of his his music a yeah. lot of times. I I just he's he's got some cool stuff, but uh, yeah, I actually didn't realize he had come out a little bit before Satch. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, so yeah, that's. Kind of the overview of this particular record. Go back down. Go mm. back down. Man, he's got so many. I'm like so behind on his albums. Yeah, I, last time I checked, Shockwave Super Supernova had just came came out, and I was like, kind of slept on it. Uh huh. But it's pretty darn good. I've been, I've slept on the last few, honestly. Yeah, I think I remember hearing Black Swans and Wormhole Wizards when it came out. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was 2010. Mm-hmm. But I know I have. Was, yeah, wait, I think I have. I think I own a couple of songs on. Uh, what was that? Unstoppable, whatever. Oh. Uh, I can't remember. I have. Unstoppable momentum. Let's see. Oh yeah, I remember this. Came out in t- 2013. Had the red guitar on the cover. Yeah, I'm definitely. You know what? I should. Uh, I should uh, check back in on Satch and uh, listen to the newer stuff. Oh, yeah. But hey, Serving with the Alien, definitely a classic. 
It's one of those kind of gold standards for... for... You know what the thing is, too? is for as much of a shred guitar album, I think most people would like it. I think so, Do you too. Know, like, I think it actually has a much wider appeal. So, fuck that village voice guy. Yeah, and the thing is, it's <laughs> one of those things, too, where there's no singing. And I think that's such a barrier to entry for popular music. Maybe. People want pitched people mouth can, noises. Well, I think a lot of people could at least pre- appreciate it and, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. That's our album for the week. Why do you have Billy Bob Thornton up here? Billy Bob Thornton. Oh. Just <laughs> reading something. Okay. Oh. I just saw his name. Anywho. Okay, so there's Satch. Uh, I think I think that's it for this week. What uh-huh. do you think, man? Uh, sure. Sure. All right. I Great mean, job. Can't uh, can't go wrong with Surfing with Alien. You can't. Check it out if you haven't heard it. And weird, if you haven't heard it in a while. Uh, weird uh, guitar effects stuff. Absolutely. So, And an Eventide harmonizer that's about to die. It's like, hey, man, that's a cool story. I'm really glad they got that on tape. So... All right. Oh, shit. I didn't realize he taught out the Skullman, too. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so, okay. So that's our show for this week. Uh, let's see. You can feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Guitars Are Dumb or just hit String 3 Podcast. You can find us wherever you find podcasts. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye-bye.